You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Thursday, and there's not a whole lot to discuss in terms of Packer news uh, Demarius Randall had offseason hand surgery. It, it is not a, a major concern and, and not something that's going to affect his return to the team when the team actually reconvenes in the spring. So this is routine maintenance for, for a lot of players who have knee scopes and they have cleanups and and a lot of times you, know, you have an ACL or you have an ankle or you have a, a major injury at some point and then you have to have a cleanup surgery or sometimes... You have a nagging issue and it turns out, oh, you need to, you know, you could have this sort of surgery to to get things back on track. And so um, this is not something that I think is going to affect what Green Bay wants to do moving forward. But speaking of moving forward, the place I want to start is with Ty Montgomery, whose season was ended by an injury uh, and, and actually an injury to his arm, uh, his wrist. And and I think the ribs played a factor, and, and he was pretty banged up when he was ultimately shut down for the year. But there was an interesting article on Packers Wire called How Ty Montgomery Could Factor into Packers Offseason Plans at Wide Receiver. Jack Wepfer uh, wrote it for Packers Wire. And one of the things that it points out is that there is this decision that is very much on the minds of Packers fans. I'm sure it's on the minds of, of Packers management. It better be, frankly. And that is how to handle Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson this offseason because Cobb is under contract. He will have a near $13 million cap hit in 2018. Jordy Nelson will have a cap hit uh, $12.5 million or thereabouts. And if you were to look at this team and say, okay, where where can it afford to trim some fat? And, and not that those guys are fat by any means, but they're certainly not living up to those contracts. And so who is more likely to live up to those contracts? Who is is more likely to jump back into frame once Rodgers comes back? Who is more likely to become a liability next year? There aren't any easy answers here. Because Jordy Nelson, obviously, at his age, he he, he has gotten older to the point that his lateral ability and explosiveness is, is pretty shot. He can still run in a straight line. He can still run go routes, he can still run those skinny posts, he can still get open down the field. I don't think that's a question. I think the question is going to be, what is his value play to play? What is his value down to down? And how much longer is he really going to play? But I think the question is how you restructure these deals. Because if the reality is you you want this to be the last year for someone like Jordy, then You let them play out this year of their contract, and then you cut them, and it basically costs you nothing. And ditto for Randall Cobb. So the question is, do they get restructured? Do they still want them around? 
And Zach Cruz, also a Packers wire, makes the case that that one of them might have to be gone. Now, with the rising cap, that may not be precisely true. It's going to depend on how the Packers want to handle their own salary cap and whether they want to extend Aaron Rodgers right now or what they want to do there. But the point that this article makes is Ty Montgomery's role in all of this could make Randall Cobb more expendable than Jordy Nelson. And so what might end up happening is the Packers decide what we're going to do. And Cobb makes more sense as a restructure candidate because he's younger and because what they could do is they say, okay, well, we're going to give you an extension. It's going to be you know another two years in addition to what's already on your deal, but we have to lower this number. And if you don't think that's fair, good luck getting this much on the open market. And, and I think that's something that, that Randall Cobb could see as reasonable. Now, the reason Cobb is the more likely candidate here is because Ty Montgomery can already do the slot receiver stuff that Randall Cobb can do. He is not as... I think Randall Cobb's explosiveness, I mean, you can throw the combine numbers out the window at this point. They are not reflective of what he is as a player anymore. He is not a 4-4-6 guy. And I think already he's he's the slowest receiver on this team. I mean, he got caught by a linebacker against Chicago. That kind of stuff just can't happen, and he's just not producing at the level that he needs to be. If if Ty Montgomery can can be given some more of those slot receiving duties, then Green Bay doesn't have to even restructure Randall Cobb. They can just say, we're done. Good luck. Go help someone elsewhere if you think you can. So all of that is to say, I don't think I don't think Nelson is a restructure candidate so much as I just think if if they don't want if they don't believe he can play beyond this year, then I think it's just one of those things where they let him play at this number, or they cut him outright. I mean that's what Ted Thompson would do, I think, and the Packers need to find some more consistent receivers. I think Cobb is more likely as the restructure candidate, though I think he is more likely to be cut, if that makes any sense. I don't think a restructure makes sense for Randall Cobb. It makes more sense than it does for Jordy Nelson because of age and because usually when you restructure, you add years and you and you change the guaranteed money structure. I think what's more likely is they let Cobb walk or they find a trade partner for him or something. I'm sure they could get a pick for him. And they allow Ty Montgomery to take his place in a lot of the slot stuff. He already took Cobb's role as the backfield weapon. If you look at a team like the Patriots, who have a player like Deion Lewis, who is not a feature back. He is not a guy that that you really want to give the ball 25 times a game to. I wrote about him for, for FanRag this week and why he's so versatile and dynamic. If you look at his box scores over the course of the year, it looks like he has a target number, and that number is 15, because he hits it regularly. And if he doesn't, he's got 14, or he's got 13. It seems like the goal is to get him between 14 and 18 to 20 touches a game. You get him 12 to 15 carries and 4 to 5 catches. I think that's that's similar to what you'd want to do with Ty Montgomery, you don't want a guy to have to split time between the receiver room and the running back room. He already struggles with the protection part of it. But he already knows the plays. He already knows the runs. 
He already knows the passes. This offense is is not going to change that much with Joe Philbin coming back and and the changes that they're bringing. It's still going to be like McCarthy's offense. It's still going to be the offense that they've been running. So could he become more of a focal point in the passing game again? Sure. And then it makes sense to move on from Cobb to keep Nelson on the outside and Devontae Adams on the outside. And and Jordy Nelson's move into the slot, which he did a lot more two years ago when, when Rodgers was healthy over the course of the season. Ty Montgomery can play on the outside. And you're making a defense declare, how are we going to play Ty Montgomery? Is he a receiver? And we're going to put a corner on him? Or is he a running back? And if you're going to play nickel against the Packers when they have Nelson, Adams, and Ty Montgomery in the game, you can run the ball with, with Montgomery. And if you're going to play him with a linebacker, split him out wide and and force the defense to try to account for him in the passing game. I think he is a better version of what we wanted Cobb to be a couple years ago. And that was someone that can do a little bit of everything. Now, obviously, a couple years ago, if you go back to 2013, 2014, Cobb was an outstanding player, an ascending player, a superstar player. And he's just not that anymore. He, he doesn't have the gas. He can't do it consistently. He is, he is close friends with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers was in his wedding. He seems like an outstanding guy. He's the kind of guy you'd want in your te- on your team, in your locker room. And it would be unfortunate if it had to come down to a money situation. But this is, after all, a business. And the Packers have to do what's best for them. I, I, don't, I don't see sweeping changes coming from Gutekunst in this first year, but that doesn't mean that they won't do what's best for this team. Russ Ball is still going to make these kinds of calls with salary cap and contract. And I, I would guess that he is he is talking to these agents to try and figure out what they think they're worth, what they think they're worth on the open market, and to try and figure out what the Packers might have to do to keep them. Now, it'll be up to Joe Philbin and Mike McCarthy to figure out how to use them as best they can. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. I tell you about it every day, so why haven't you done it yet? Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value, and gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, draft coverage, all sorts of things behind their paywall you could get for free simply by entering our contest, your name and your Twitter handle, in a review of this podcast on iTunes. I mentioned Gutekunst earlier, and it'll be interesting to see how he approaches free agency because Pete Doherty wrote a piece for for PackersNews.com about why this could be the year that, that the Ted Thompson model changes because it's no longer the Ted Thompson model. And in his introductory press conference, Gutekunst said something that I think heartened fans and, and Packers observers about free agency. And here's what he said. He said, quote, we're not going to be able to make free agency the foundation of our team, but we want to be in it and we want to be in the know of everything that's going on. And if it makes sense for us not to be afraid, we have to be prepared enough to pull the trigger. That's one of the areas I'm excited to kind of see how we go. Is that a, yeah, we're definitely going to be aggressive and sign guys? No. Does that mean he he understands the audience that he's playing to? I think so. Even if he is full of it, and he might be. 
He understands that this was a criticism of Ted Thompson. He understands this is something that the fans are thinking about. The fans are worried about. I think Mark Murphy is thinking about it. Obviously, Mike McCarthy is thinking about it. Players and coaches know the modus operandi of this team. They know how this team operates. They know how this front office operates. And it's frustrating for them at times. I mean, I talked to Jermichael Finley about it earlier in the fall about about understanding that this was going to be the case and, and is it frustrating? And and he said, yeah, it, it's frustrating, but but you know what's going to happen. You know not to get your hopes up because there's just not going to be anything out there for you. So I don't think fans should get their hopes up, but one of the things that, that I think we're going to do is, is look at players that could help the Packers in free agency as, as free agency gets closer. We'll take a deeper look at their, at their play, how they could help this team potentially and, and give fans something to think about as we move forward. We're going to do the same thing with draft picks. So send me, the guys that that you want to talk about, guys on your wish list. I've already heard Derwin James a bunch, the safety from Florida State. I know Arden Key, Harold Landry, some of the edge rushers are high on people's lists. Um, hearing a lot of Joshua Jackson from Iowa, the corner, and and we'll we'll get into further depth with with those players, how they could impact this team if they could be available, where they could go if not, and where the Packers would have to get to if they wanted to to get them. So send me send me a, a tweet. Peter underscore Bukowski, you can send a tweet at Locked on Packers. Just let me know who you're looking at in the draft, but I think free agency is something that we can do that with as well and, and take a look at some of those players. Obviously, if the Packers make a move, we will talk about that player. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring someone on that that covered that team to, to help break down that player if it's a, if it's a big enough name. And, and I think that could be a, a fun way to, at the very least, pass some time because, guys, we got a lot of days to fill. There's a lot of content that I'm going to have to put out that I want you to that I want you to be a part of. We're going to go on this journey together. And I want to put it out. This is not a chore. This is fun. I hope you're having fun. I don't I don't want anyone to get their hopes up about free agency. I don't think this is going to be we're going to open up the war chest and all of a sudden players are going to be falling out of it because Green Bay went out and spent like like Dan Snyder. That's not going to happen. Now, there are players in free agency that can help Green Bay. And I've said this constantly over the course of the season. I said it before the season. The kinds of guys that they signed this year, and, and Martellus Bennett notwithstanding, although I, th- I think that was a good signing, it just didn't work out because it turned out Bennett is, is hurt and potentially washed. But the aggressiveness I liked. And you get someone like Quentin Dial, Ahmad Brooks. These kinds of guys are out there. These, these rotational players who can help you win. So go get them. The NFL playoffs are here and, and nearly almost over. So make sure you get your bets in at the number one rated online sportsbook, mybookie.ag. Your fantasy football season's long over. You only have a few more games. You only have three more games, unless, unless you really want to get aggressive and go after the Pro Bowl, to bet on football until, really until August. And you can do it at mybookie.ag. They have live odds on everything, live betting, an all-new prop builder where you can create your own bet slips, bet how you want, bet your friends. You can do it from your desktop, your tablet, or their world-class mobile site. It lets you play anytime, anywhere. And mybookie offers the fastest, no-hassle payouts when you win. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get up to a 50% deposit bonus. mybookie.ag, you play 
you win, you get paid. Before we get out of here, I want to just hit on a theme from a piece that was on Acme Packing Company this week and, and one that I contributed to, and that was with, with, the, with the Pro Bowl coming up and Devontae Adams sliding onto the roster, Mike Daniels getting onto the roster as an alternate. The question was posed, who is the next Packers player to be on the Pro Bowl? And I think Nick Perry should have made it two years ago. I said I thought Blake Martinez should have made it this year. I think you can make the case Kenny Clark should have made it this year, especially since I thought Clark was the better player compared to Daniels. And so if Daniels was going to make it, Clark should have made it over him. Demarius Randall was a name that was given to me on Twitter. That was actually almost a name that I made the case for because I think Mike Pettin is going to use him in interesting ways. If you look at the way that, that Mike Pettin has deployed defensive backs, he has done it in a somewhat similar way to Dom Capers in that he likes to use rovers, he likes to use versatile pieces. Guys like Aaron Williams have played strong safety, free safety, corner, nickelback. And I think you're going to see him use guys like that. I think Morgan Burnett, if he stays, is going to be a player like that. But the two guys that I'm most that I'm most interested in are the are the two rookie defensive backs. And they're not rookies anymore. Now they're going to be second-year players. Josh Jones and Kevin King. And I made the case for Josh Jones just because I think he's the guy whose who's long-term potential. I think Kevin King might be the most physically archetypal. He's a blueprint, modern NFL corner with the, with the size, the speed. And I think if you look at Jones, athletically, he's not quite the freak that Kevin King is, but he was a little bit more natural football player in college. I think we've seen him be a little bit more natural playmaker. His feel for the game is better. And and frankly, I think Dom Capers did him a huge disservice playing him away from the line of scrimmage so much. He played deep so much because Burnett, and, and this is one of those things that, that hasn't been talked in, enough about. I think Nitro could have worked. The problem with Nitro was they had the wrong guy playing Nitro. So the Packers... When Morgan Burnett was hurt early, Josh Jones was playing some linebacker and Kentrell Bryce was playing safety. But then Bryce gets hurt and corners get hurt. And now all of a sudden Morgan Burnett, has, when he is healthy, has to be playing corner and not safety. And that happened at the end of the year as well. So we didn't get to see the Nitro package. And the injuries took away the Packers' option to play in that package with those safeties playing linebacker. But the problem was, even when Jones and Burnett were healthy and they had corners, Dom Capers insisted on having Burnett, the smaller and I think more reliable back-end player, playing in the front seven where Josh Jones, frankly, should have been playing. He is a box safety. That is what he should be doing. And I think what you'll see is Mike Pettin deploying him in a more effective way, a more efficient way, and a way that really plays to his strengths. You'll see him in coverage against receivers, against tight ends, against running backs, but I think you'll see him playing some linebacker, you see him playing as a, as a box safety in run support, and I think he's going to have an opportunity to have a big year. If he can make that year two leap, and I think particularly with Mike Pettin, that could be the case. Now it's reported that Darren Perry may be back with the team. Doesn't seem like he's gotten a ton of interest, or at least nothing that, is, that has really come to fruition. So, I think that could be the year two leap player, Josh Jones. I'm really excited about his talent, his ability, what he can be in this defense. 
And I think that could be the case regardless of whether or not Morgan Burnett is back. We're going to have another podcast tomorrow. That'll be our last podcast of the week to wrap up odds and ends, any news that comes out over the over the course of the next 24 hours. It's all going to be in there. And then we'll be back next week with our Monday, Tuesday, Thursday format. A lot to still get to in terms of football on the field. We're not going to talk a ton about those games, but I think we will talk about what is relevant to the discussion for the Packers moving forward. And that'll be that. And we'll get to that. So plenty more to come. Another show tomorrow. And then three more shows next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Plenty of stuff for you to stay locked on Packers.